I'm in rebuild mode anyway, so I don't even care at this point. Like, I'm just like, my starting third baseman's Domingo Leyva. That's not so good. Hello, everybody, and welcome to your most favorite all-star break show, Over the Radar, presented by Topps. Check out Topps Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Topps baseball cards. There's another Alex Pardee uh, double monster all-star card in there that took $20 of my money. Um, Welcome. Hey. Ian did the rundown, so it's all players that uh, eight-year-olds have heard of in the show today. Your friend of mine, Ian Khan. Hello, my friends. It's just so darn good to have Nando DeFino back in the right position. I was tired of it. I'm just glad you're back, bro. Apologies to Glenn Colton and Alex Cushing, I guess. And Ariel Cohen. That's not and about Ariel that. Cohen, just, yeah. No, no, no. I'm just talking about the fact that I don't have to do the opening anymore. Because I always felt like, you know, it's like when uh, when if Garrett Cole were to get injured, um, like I'm just the next pitcher in, you know what I mean? Like you're the best at this. So no, like, come on, I'm just man. happy to have you back. It's just a uh, familiarity breeds contempt. My friend of yours, Doug what's going on? Guys? Oh, wait, are you, are you your friend and mine? I lost track. <laughs> it works either way. You're both. Yeah. I think I'm everybody's friend. I try to be, I don't know if it's always the two way street, but you're my friend. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it's the All-Star break. Uh, so we figured, I mean, like a lot of people are taking their shows off. We don't roll like that. We actually had 7,000 texts going back and forth trying to find a time that would work because mainly me. Also, the NFL draft kit launched and that kind of threw everything for a curve. Ian's got to go into the city, so we got to end the show early. Yeah, yeah, um, it's true. Speaking of going into the city, I'm on season four, episode two of Turn. And it it is like... I, I wouldn't, uh, you know what? Friendship, I won't make DVR bleep words out, but it is fantastic, man. Thanks, it man. is, re- I mean, outside of the Woodhull family, this is, <laughs> <laughs> anyone with the last name Woodhull can get out, but like so cool. the rest of the show is so awesome. That's so cold. <laughs> is it though? There was a moment, I guess, I think it was about like a week ago where you started sending me texts about how cool Benedict Arnold was. I was like, just hold on there. They ruined him. You know what? He was such a badass for like the first two episodes. And then they just kind of, I mean, I know history, but like they could have made him a little less lovesick and, uh, um, I don't know, obtuse, like unaware. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, that's kind of how it happened. So it, it, it was a funny, well, you know, we don't have time to get into oh, we'll it. Have but, time, right, you're right. We'll have yeah, time after. We'll have time. We'll have time. Another time to get into it. But thanks for watching. I'm glad you're enjoying it. After we talk about Pete Alonzo, if we if we got time. I've got stuff to say about Pete Alonzo yeah, and the Home sure. Run Derby. I mean, come on. Did you watch the Home Run Derby? No. Oh, DVR, did you watch the Home Run Derby? Yeah. Yeah, it was. It, that was the best Home Run Derby. And I was at the 2008 Home Run Derby at Yankee Stadium. My family still had season tickets back then. And we were at the Derby that Josh Hamilton went nuts at. Oh, that was great. Yeah. Well, this one was better. I left that one early to go see a midnight screening of Batman. No, you didn't. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Yes. No, wait, I'm sorry. No, 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 wait. My bad. I was there. I left the All-Star game early to go see Midnight Screening of Batman. Okay. We sold the All-Star game tickets and paid for like the whole season. Nice. Um, yeah. But we uh, we went to the Home Run Derby. It was my dad and my two brothers and myself. Um, and great, great memories, actually. And then watching it with my two sons and with my wife. What a great night. And Pete Alonzo, the thing that kind of struck me about Alonzo was that he was absolutely determined to win. And my wife was like, no, I'm rooting for Trey Mancini. He had cancer. I was like, yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. And I I'm, I would be delighted if Mancini wins. But the guy's making $636,000 a year playing baseball. And he's going to make a million dollars tonight. And he did. And he was determined. He was like, I'm going to win. And this little head bob that he was doing. 
And like, I, and I was like, Mancini puts up what, 21 in the final round. And I turned him off. I was like, look, if Alonzo wins this, he deserves it. Cause he's not going to, you know, sneak through this. And he, he really, he really did great. I mean, you could tell that the other players don't like him very much. Um, really? Yeah. Kind of. You could see he didn't, he didn't have nearly as much love, but he also was in his own zone. He was like, no, I'm doing this. This is, this is mine. Like, this why do you is- think, why do you think they don't like him? Don't know. Don't know. I mean, maybe because he called out Aaron Judge a couple of months ago. That I didn't like that very much. Uh, when he said, you know, you could talk about Aaron Judge being the best player in New York, but you got to be on the field to be the best player, or something to that effect. I didn't like that very much. So, you know, but Pete Alonso, DVR, what did you think of uh, Pete Alonso that night? I actually thought the stage presence from Pete Alonso was great. I thought it was kind of uh, either loved the performance because it was fun and amazing. Or he kind of played the heel well enough where you could say, right, I totally. want Judge to show up next year and, and beat this guy, right? right. You, you could kind that of look at it thing. either way. Like I, Pete Alonso seems like the guy who's made for the current format of the Derby. And the fact that he he really loves the event, this is something that came up. Uh, does, yeah. Britt mentioned this. Like you could just tell he wants to be there. There's so many players that, that choose not to do the Derby. It seems like he wants to go every year and win it every year, doesn't it? Like yeah. I tweeted this uh, after it happened. He's like the Joey Chestnut of home run derbies. Like he kind of is. Is he going to win five more of these? And is it going to be amazing every single time? Because other people are going to want to beat him. The better he gets at this, the yeah. more other players are want going to want to go out there on that stage and beat him. Vlad Jr. You could just see Vlad wants to win. Now Vlad's going to come back and try to beat him. Judge could come back. Stanton could come back. Like it. He he made it into a major event. It was it was more entertaining than the All Star game last night. And I think it will be indefinitely. I mean, I think the All-Star game is a, a nice tradition, but when you parade out some of the very best pitchers in the game, it does not often make for the most exciting exhibition. No. You, you could love pitching, and that's totally fine, but you're also seeing guys in such small slices. It's it's not the same as watching a starter dominate for six-plus innings ordinarily. Like a, a playoff, if you love great, great pitching, you want to see those guys in the postseason you know, when everything's on the line, right? You don't need to see them with an extra tick in velocity just dominating for an inning. So I think they do some cool stuff now to make the All-Star game a bit more interesting. They've been miking up players for a few years. I think more stuff like that certainly helps, but I'm with It helps, but it doesn't help the players, man. (laughs) Those guys cannot hit or pitch when someone's talking to them. Like, I'm like, don't talk to them while they're swinging. Like, it's fun, but it's it's not. If I were a baseball player, I would not get miked up when I'm hitting. Can you imagine how difficult it would be? Just anyone who listens to the show, if they had to put that one earpiece in and listen to the nonsense that we're spewing yeah, while trying absolutely. to even play slow pitch softball, it'd be so distracting. <laughs> so the fact that these guys can go in there and stand in against the best pitchers and not look completely ridiculous is another marvel of just how great these I guys don't know. are. Kind of thought they looked a little ridiculous when Tatis is like, they're like, what, what, what are you looking at Joe Buck? I'm like, Joe, shut up, Joe Buck. And I typically like Joe Buck more than most people, I think. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I like Joe Buck. I'm fine with Joe Buck. I wonder I have, why. Why does everyone else hate Joe Buck? Oh, he's kind of elitist and annoying and nepotism and all that. Mm, okay. All right. I mean, look, I never met the guy in real life. You know what I mean? He just he has that vibe of like the dickhead in the 80s high school comedy. Does he? Does you don't he think do so? Do you, I, no, I'm I'm gonna go away from that. I, I I remember his HBO show where he he was the nerd in the '80s comedy. He was the Anthony Michael Hall in the '80s comedy. He wasn't the, you know. But but I don't know. DVR, I'm I'm willing to let you be the the final judge and jury on Joe Buck here. 
I think a lot of the critique of Buck or the hatred directed. No, at we're not going to get an answer. He's afraid Joe Buck's. No, listening. no, no, no. We're not going to get an answer. He's coming to an answer. A, Joe Buck's not listening. B, I really don't care if he does. I think people hate him in part because he calls all their big games. I think people think that he and in football Aikman like root against their favorite team when they generally wow. don't. I think a lot of it's just jealousy. He's got the yeah, dream job. How I think. The typical sports fan looks at Joe Buck and is like, he gets to go to every World Series, he gets to go to some Super Bowls, calls all these big football games every week. He's got the dream life, right? So I think people just hate him because of his job. I think wherever the public is on him, he's better than the public perception. That's yeah. not me saying I think he's amazing and good and the best broadcaster out there. If you only read Twitter responses, if you'd never heard of Joe Buck before, and you just went on Twitter during a game he was calling, you'd think, who is this clown? He can't do his right. job at all. It's like, oh, that's not that's not really that's accurate. Not well, they really say that accurate. about Ian, too, though. Yeah, it's true. Wait, what? Yeah. Well, you've seen the iTunes reviews. I mean, you know. Wait, what? It's true. It's probably true. <laughs> Don't let the haters right. win. <laughs> They're probably right. They're probably right. About They're not that. right. They hate us all. I mean, you should see the ones that I get. They're, you know, it's just people like, like DVR said, you know. I kind of like Joe Buck. Like I look at Joe Buck and I say, I I, I don't watch him in football because I don't watch football, right? I don't watch football. By the way, I don't watch football. Um, I used to watch football, but Joe Buck, uh, so he doesn't annoy me during that. And he only comes out like, I don't know, like for a month, for a year, and I'm fine with him. And I like John Smoltz a lot too. Um, I like John Smoltz too. Anyway, though that that was my that was my Pete Alonzo thing. I, I I was very impressed with his determination to win. I really was because I actually believe that in life. I think um, if you believe that you're going to succeed, you will. And if you believe you're going to fail and confidence in baseball, like people say, well, what do you look for in a baseball player? I look for like the reason I love Juan Soto so much is Juan Soto is willing to have his heart broken because every time he comes up, he's going, I'm going to beat you, pitcher. That's what I'm looking for in a baseball player. For sure. 100%. I think it's huge. Huge. Uh, hey, I, I mean, can't disagree with that. I did a Sirius XM thing at the start of the season where it was uh, like a bet, like a, prop, a betting props thing, and you could do it across all the sports. And I took Pete Alonso to be the National League home run leader um, by the All Star break. If he didn't get hurt, I think he would have been in the mix. He's going to have a second half. I think he's going to just hammer, hammer, hammer the second half, man. I mean, he better have a second half. I mean, the question then becomes why don't you bring that level of intensity to every game? Because it's a long season. It, it is a long season. But when he's there, I mean, it was unbelievable watching him hit those balls out. And poor Otani. I mean, the guy hit 22 home runs and still looked like a failure while he was doing it. I mean, not a failure. Completely, don't get me wrong. I mean, but at the home run derby, he looked. I, I was praying for Soto to win, owning Otani in so many leagues. I was like, last thing I need is for him to do another round. Like, just get out. Just get out. Like, it's just too hard. I also think, last thing on the home run derby, I don't understand why they don't make it cumulative. If you hit 35 home runs in the first round, like that should count going forward. Like even, even I, I just think it should count. And I also think that if it's tied, you should go to who has the longest, not the longest home run, but the longest average home run. So you don't have to swing again. It's just too hard. I mean, you ever take, I remember taking BP, like you, your body gets tired. You just swing and swing and swing and it's too much. No, that's it. That's all I got on that. You sure? Yeah, yeah I got yeah. a lot on a lot of other stuff. I can't wait to talk about Aaron Judge and and Jose Altuve. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. Oh, my I just want to. I just want to skip ahead for a second here because I, I sure. talked about this with Al last week. But you know, there's been a week of stats. Um, you're mean Mercedes value, and I just you know I'm obsessed with the guy, and it's not just because like I want him to do well now for my own reputation. 
Nah, you already got you already got the juice from the your mean Mercedes. Well, I mean, he's got a 400 OBP in them. I, I just think he's like like I'm trying to pick him up wherever I can on people who have just kind of given up on him. I think a I think Tony Larusa ruined him. I think it's all Tony Larusa. Wow. And B, Whoa. He screwed with it. He screwed him up completely. Like he basically invited the other team to hit him. Didn't have his back. Like he's made he made comments before about him not following the rules. Yeah. But he didn't get hit. I mean, I mean the they, they team... threw behind him, yeah, but I mean, like, just knowing that you're... I mean, what if nah. I made public comments about how I don't like the two of you? I don't buy that. Wouldn't that make you that. less enthusiastic to do this show? If No, you just call... No, it, no, 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 no. He, his, no, I think that the league figured him out. What you said at the start of the show about Glenn Colton, he's not going to come on the show again. He's going to be disheartened. <laughs> he will. Yes, <laughs> he will. <laughs> you said, you're such a knucklehead. No, your mean Mercedes got figured out by the league. He's going to have to come up and make adjustments. No way. He's he's He was hitting, like... 180 in his last month. He's hitting 323 with a 400 on base percentage right now. Down in the minor leagues now against AAA pitchers. Sure, he's going to dominate those guys. And he'll come back up and he'll have some success. But look, I watch that. I watch every lineup every day. Your mean Mercedes was in that lineup and not producing for a really long period of time. And I think the White Sox made the right choice in sending him down at that point. Because Tony LaRusso got in his head. Ah, DVR, does that make sense? DVR, tiebreaker DVR. Oh, I know he's going to take Ian's side. I would love to blame all of the problems of this world on Tony Larusa because it would just feel so good to do that. I'm definitely bothered by how Larusa managed Mercedes. A hundred percent. I don't think that tells the entire story of why he stopped hitting, though. I don't think that was the reason why he fell off after that great first few weeks. I think what I'm wondering is, does he have a path back onto the roster because they're starting to get healthier? Eloy Jimenez is closer to returning, right? So you get Eloy back, Vaughn, Abreu, and Eloy. Those three guys can play first base, left Left field, field. and DH combined. That's true. Mercedes doesn't play anywhere else. I I just I don't see him getting back onto this roster. I almost wonder if if some other team in the AL might just want to trade for him and give him another two hundred plate appearances and see what happens. You know why? Why the AL man? He could play like three positions in the outfield. Oh, who? Mercedes. Three in the outfield, he was, dude. He could play. Well, I'm sorry, not in the outfield. Field twice. I'm sorry, in the field. In the field, <laughs> he could play third. He could play. He was taking grounders at second last year. I went back and looked at the sleepers that I wrote up. He was taking grounders. He can play the outfield. No, he's not like this big lumbering guy who can't play positions. Yeah, he is. It's exactly what he is. the The place that he can end up at is Seattle. That's the place. If he went to Seattle, he would get all sorts of playing time, and I, I would love to see a little trade there. Throw a little nice reliever, maybe Paul Seawald to um, to Chicago or something like that, or Mayweather for uh, for Mercedes. Love that play. Love that. Love that. That's O-O-T-P. Texas is another spot. It's OTP Ian talking though. Yeah, no, you can you can. I, I, I'm still a your mean Mercedes believer. I don't own him anywhere. I traded him at the same time you were. I was telling you to sell your baseball card. I traded him. I sold um, my baseball card, and this guy backed out. Whose address right. I have, by the way, and I, I don't know what to do with <laughs> Yikes. it. Yikes! Oh, no. yeah. Nothing. <laughs> leave that alone. Oh. Um, yeah, leave that alone. Yeah, let that one go. Yeah. I'm not even going to drive to Chicago and beat him up. I just mean like you can send like a box of poop to someone, <laughs> you and he'll shouldn't. never know it's me. Now it's been three months later, unless Joe Buck's listening and Joe Buck tells him. No, right. you can't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. Don't yeah, do that. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Leave it be. It's, it, you just sometimes in life you got to take the L. Like you just got to take the L on that one. I'm not really gonna do that. I'm not really gonna do that. Guys. Yeah, you know, if you want, if you want revenge on anyone or anything here, it's eBay. 
they're the ones that wronged you. You should go full Chris Liss on this one. You should do the mm-hmm. Liss Expedia thing to eBay for the next five years. And in the year 2026, you will actually get money back from eBay because you'll have ground them down. There's only one problem. He's already started buying cards on eBay again. That is, well, it's hard to find them elsewhere. Right. So <laughs> I don't think that sniff was necessary. You knew that was happening. I actually didn't. I was going out on a limb. I was thinking that he was going to go, no way. I did not. But turns out, turns out. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I want to talk about Garrett Cole. Can, guys. can we get back to the rundown, please? Please. I'd like to talk about Garrett Cole. Did you guys see his tantrum on the mound? I did not. When, oh. they, want, when they were going to take him out? Yes. This uh, was like, do you remember the Mike Messina with Joe Torrey? It was in like 2003 or something. And Torrey comes to take him out. And Messina's like, no, you stay there. You stay. No, you no, you're not taking me out. And Torrey's like, okay, okay, okay. So Boone <laughs> goes out there. I mean, Cole was pitching his heart out. That's not the word I was going to use, but he was pitching his heart out. What are you going to use? Balls? Nah, something else. That's not an expression. No, I don't know what it is. (laughs) I was going with his butt off. I was going to do anyway. I don't know. I try not to give DVR too much work. He's got a lot on his plate. So he was pitching his butt off out there. I mean, he was killing him. He was dominant. He was, he looked like the Garrett Cole from 2019 when he came to Yankee Stadium and just shut the Yankees down. He was now doing that in Houston. Okay. Eight and two thirds. I forget who was coming up for them. It was maybe Jordan Alvarez, I think. Boone comes out. He's got Chapman waiting, who's been a disaster, an absolute disaster. I don't know what he was thinking. But but Cole's up at 127 pitches. And Boone said later in the interview, because I watched it, he said, I just went out there to see where he was at and, you know, sort of take the temperature and check with the catcher to see, you know, how he was feeling. Cole just like, no, we're going to get this. I'm going to get this guy. He's mine. He's mine. He's mine. And it was so dangerous because Aaron Boone couldn't win at that point because he can't take him out. And if he keeps him in and he loses the lead, he looks like a patsy, right? He looks like he's not strong. So I was really curious watching Boone's face during that at bat, and they cut to him a couple of times, and he looked a little nervous, understandably. Cole just boom, 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 strikeout, game over. And it was it was one of the best pitching performances I've seen in 10 years, 20 years. Like one of the greatest 129 pitches the guy threw. 129 pitches. He's going to come up with arm trouble, and they're going to trace it back to that game. Maybe, maybe. They're, 100%. They're, they're, because he was probably throwing it the, like as hard as he could and doing things he normally doesn't do because he was on that crazy, sticky, bad streak, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think I think that there may be some – you may be right about that. I hope that's not the case. But in that very same game, Aaron Judge 
hits a home run. That's the one run they scored. It was a beautiful game, beautiful game. Hits the home run. And as he crosses third base, he closes his jersey. Did you guys see that? Yes. DBR, did you see that? I did not see that. That was one of my happiest moments because Aaron Judge believes what I believe, which is that Altuve had something under his jersey, clearly, (laughs) because that's why he did it. And then what does Altuve come back and do? Because he's a freaking genius baseball player, hits a three-run home run in one of the most disastrous losses in New York Yankees' recent history, losing 8-7 to in the last game before the All-Star break, up 7-2 to in the ninth, and Chad Green comes in and blows it. Ooh, just a disaster. But all that needs to be said, and I, I needed to speak to all of it. And tip of the hat to Altuve, man. I mean, that guy is, he's a big-time player. He's a really big-time player. You know what they did? They tore his shirt off in front of everybody. And you know what? He looks fine. He's fine. Did you see the tattoo? Yeah, it's tiny. And he's not so shy. Let's be honest. No. He's not so shy. If you do your workouts on Instagram, you're not shy. <laughs> Period. <laughs> That's... <laughs> doesn't matter how much clothing you are wearing or not wearing. If you are taping, recording, exercise, and putting it out there, you're, you're not shy. Not shy. Oh, you know what we never talked about? I don't think we talked about it, unless you guys talked about it when I was gone. Um, you were gone for a while. so I know. Well, I mean, it's recent, though. Ian, I, I don't, just don't remember where it is in my timeline in my brain. Ian winning the Little League World Series again. Oh. Did you guys bring that up? I think we brought it up briefly. I did. The Rangers, uh, in, a, in, a, in a great... Oh, Last cool. game, Queen two Rangers. to one. Yeah, the, the Rangers. I remember, I was like, oh, I love the Rangers. I'm watching the Rangers. My team is the Rangers, and we won the the best two out of three series. Game one, we won three to nothing. Game two, they won one nothing, and game three, we won two to one. Look at that! And it was remarkable because we were without our our catcher had to go uh, be a goalie in hockey. So we had to move everybody around in the infield. I put my son behind the plate, had to move our shortstop to first. He's not very good at first. Had to move our third baseman to short. He made like three errors. Well, your catcher chose a random hockey game instead of the No, it was a championship. It was a championship hockey game, but he's the only goalie on the team. And if he did not play in that game, they would have had to forfeit the championship. That's like straight out of American pie. Yeah, it was really, (laughs) I I don't, I don't know. I, I have, I have Jason big stories. I can tell you off air. Um, about a TV show I did with Jason Bixon. Nice guy, but I have fun stories I can tell about that. Uh, but then I coached the Little League World Series team and we got our butts handed to us. We ended up losing. Um, we won game one, we lost game two, and then we really lost game three. Uh, I was missing two of our best players. I can't get into that. But anyway, um, yeah, it was, it was a tough ending and it's taken, it took a couple of days for me to remember the Rangers and not just focus on the Little League World Series. But, uh, but yeah, it was a great season. It was a really Man. great season. You know, if I was a local New York reporter and I was listening to the show, I would, you know, there's this like, how would George Washington coach a little league team? The answer is up in Westchester. Well, that would be a good 800 <laughs> word story on Ian Khan, all time winning as little league coach. I'll tell you what, um, I, I, I would, I, I, you know, what's funny, uh, the three rules work remarkably well. And uh, rule number one, have fun. Rule number two, focus on every pitch. Rule number three, respect yourself, your teammates, the opponent, and the umpire. That's it. Those oh, DVR, rules. sounds like rule number four has been dropped in this vaccine. Rule number four has been dropped yeah, because we, for the Little League World Series team, we did not wear masks because there you go. So, um, yeah, we dropped rule number four. Anyway, can get, so yeah. Can we get back to the rundown? Please. Yes, that's why I was, I was moving the same direction. <laughs> you got what, Chris who, Flexen in there. 
Yeah, Chris Flexen. DVR, you want to talk about Flexen or you want me to talk about Flexen? Every time I look at his profile, I don't think he's good. So if you have a case for why he is a good pitcher, I would oh. love to hear it because I just don't think he's good. He Okay. Um, all right. Well, then hold on. We got to pull up his recent starts. I picked up, I, I got Chris Flexen in AL Labor in a trade. Um, he was a good AL only pickup. And basically what he's done, except for one start, and I'm sure you can look this up, DVR, except for one start has been absolutely dominant, like absolutely amazing. Uh, controlling the strike zone, his his pitches, like his pitch numbers, he's, he, you know, he gets through six innings and 63 pitches. His last three, let's just do his last five starts uh, against the Minnesota Twins, eight innings, four hits, eight strikeouts, no walks. Um, the next start, Colorado, six and two thirds, one run. And that was a shutout, by the way. Uh, six and two thirds, one run, six strikeouts, two walks. And the one run was a home run. Next game at Toronto, a little tougher, five innings, three runs, still manageable. The next against Texas, six innings, one run, five strikeouts, no walks. And against the his last start against the Angels was absolutely dominant. Seven innings. Three hits, two walks, six strikeouts, no runs. He, he came back from, I'm pretty sure it was Japan. It was Korea. Either way, if he's an under-the-radar guy for me, and he's great with the whip. He, his his strikeouts are not – maybe better for only leagues than he is for mixed leagues, or but deeper leagues, 20-team leagues, certainly you should be grabbing him. 15-team leagues, I could make an argument for. And it, he had that one bad start. It was one bad start at San Diego that uh, really kind of screwed him. But other than that, he came from the East and has been pitching great and somebody that should be someone that you should be watching. Uh, uh, Corey, Corey Brock wrote a really good story about him preseason, talking about the changes that he made when he was overseas. He, he's good, He was man. in Korea. It is Korea. Just to, it is Korea? Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So, yeah, he he's somebody who, look, if, if you're a nail-only league, you already know who Chris Flexen is. Where is he dynasty-wise? He's only 26. Where, where is he mm. dynasty-wise? I mean, you know, he's a bit of a soft tosser in, in some ways. So, but he he would make, he, he can make the back end of, of, a, of a top 400 dynasty list at this point. Yeah. I mean, look, I got people asking me for him in trades right now in AL Labor, which, frankly, I think it's going pretty well. The AL Labor is a little nuts how good it's going. Um, is Ariel Cohen in that league? No, he's not, thankfully. Oh. Um, what would he you is, say about your performance? He would say, well, it's really surprising. 106 <laughs> points out of 120 is really surprising with the 22-point lead over Larry Schechter. That's nothing to sneeze at because he is Larry Schechter. Um, everything's going right right now. It's not going to stick. It's not going to stay here. It's still, I spoke to Glenn Colton this weekend. I could lose this. I could lose this league for sure. But it, this is definitely the league that I'm focusing all my attention on. Um, as I go to sleep at night, you know, do you guys do this when you go to sleep at night? Like the way I fall asleep is I like take a team and I just sort of go catcher, catcher. And like I go through the players and I visualize their home runs, you know, and I try to make sure that I know all of them. And by the time I get to, you know, typically by the time I get to utility or my first pitcher, I'm asleep. So as I go to sleep at night, I'm thinking of the AL labor team. That's, you've got a lot of problems. No man. That we can discuss on the next episode, I guess. I guess. <laughs> Who do, who's not trading Victor Robles? Uh, I'm in a league, and I just can't. Like he's the most impossible. And I talked about this a little bit with Al, but it's like update. I can't. Like I can't. I'm. I can't give him away. No one's offering anything for Victor Robles. It's pretty rough. Do you know what I do in that spot if I'm trying to trade a guy? Him, right. Yeah. 
Because if you think about it. Or release them and cause chaos. I mean, what league is this in? Uh, Scott White Dynasty League. Not a not a drop in a dynasty league. Even even like like I'd like Victor Robles as much as everybody, and he has disappointed me as much as any player has ever disappointed me playing this game. He's not a dynasty league drop. If that's if it's like a fifteen team league or deeper for sure, he's a whole. It's a twenty four team league. Twenty four team league. That's yeah. really yeah, no, you can't drop him there. I kind of I think I'm gonna do it. It's a points league. He's twenty four years old. Like, what's how his many- salary? What's his salary in that league? Uh, twenty five, and it goes with thirty two next year. I think. Uh. It's points okay. league. It's all about pitchers. You can always get outfielders on the waiver wire. It's a 24-team league. He plays every day because of his defense, right? He's still a good defender in center field. He's still a guy that only has... Yeah, but in a points league, that can hurt you. It can, but we're talking about, what, 1,100 career plate appearances? A couple injuries in the upper levels of the minor leagues? Like I, the stack cast numbers stink. I, I'm not going to tell you they're good. But he's walking more than ever. He's kept the strikeout rate at an acceptable level. If he gets stronger which is possible. We're talking about multi-years here. I think there's still something there. He's going to be cheaper than ever going into 2022 unless the second half of the season is a a complete (laughs) turnaround. But 2019 happened. And no matter how stupid his stat cast numbers are, how cold blue the highlights are on that page, that season happened. And that season is absolutely one that could happen again, even if you have to dial back the power. The speed is there. The playing time is there. I wonder if a fresh start in a different organization, if he's the kind of guy that gets traded in the offseason, is a possibility. But yeah. I always like to bet on guys that play up the middle because they play every day and they get more chances to figure it out than guys that play on the corners. You play on the corners and you don't hit, someone replaces you or you fall into a platoon. You play up the middle and you play great defense, you keep playing. You keep getting those extra lives, those extra chances to become a good big league hitter. DVR, you want to guess his uh, roster ship percentage in CBS leagues right now? 25%. Ah, right. 27%. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. In, in mixed leagues right now, shallow mixed leagues, 10, 12 team leagues for yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. That's right. You can't, in, in redraft, he's a cut for sure. In 15 yeah, he's teamers, he's, he's borderline because he's but still not even running as much. Bro, $25 is pretty expensive, but I, 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 you can't, you can't cut him. You can't cut him. And what I find when you have a player that you just want to get off your team that nobody else wants, like how I think of it is like, what would it cost to get him? You know, like Willie Castro was is a guy like that where I I traded for him for a fourth round pick in a dynasty league like two weeks ago with Rabbi Ari Sunshine, who always gets a kick out of Derek Van Riper liking the name. Um, but I traded for him, and it's like you know, yeah, I'll take him. I'll take him for the for the possible upside that he turns it around. You know, so but but I, but I understand the 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 complication on it. It's 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 complicated. It's a it is. It's complicated, and but but speed does matter. I would here's here's what I would do. Do you have to play him, or can you put him to your bench? I could put, I mean, well, I, I'm in a rebuild mode anyway, so I don't even care at this point. Like I'm just like my starting third baseman is Domingo Leyva. That's not so good. So what, well, what I suggest uh, is come on, let's wait. You, you wait. You wait. Just wait. Actually, Leyva, I considered picking him up this weekend, but you wait. Thank you. And you wait until he gets he gets a little bit like he goes on a two week run. And then somebody needs an outfielder who's competing. And it's like, oh, wow, he's hot. Yeah, give me uh, D.L. Hall. You know, like, uh, give me give me, a, give me a prospect. You probably won't get D.L. Hall in a points league. But, you know, the, the, you don't, don't cut bait on somebody who might have value later. Like, in XFL, I have Marcelo Zuna. And Steve Gardner and I were talking about it. And he was like, should we drop him? I was like, no, because he might come back, even his 
just terrible as his situation is. And we're not getting into that, but you know, you just, you got to hold it. If you have the roster space available, if you're in a weird league where your roster is really tight, then you make those moves, but no, 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 I, I would, I would hold on him. Can I, we got to talk about Willie Peralta for a minute. Have you guys been keeping up with what Willie Peralta has been doing? Do you guys know who Willie Peralta is? Never heard of him. Okay, Willie Peralta, DVR. You know Willie Peralta. You, you definitely know because he was in he was in Milwaukee. Wait, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm joking. I was going to say, is that no, a real question? The, yeah, I'm sorry, man. I thought you were joking around. <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, some it took me a minute. I was like, who's this Willie Peralta guy? Seriously, because I was like in, te- in in Detroit. Really? I was like, it's Willie Peralta. It's the Willie Peralta. It's the, the Willie, Willie yeah. Peralta. The 32 year old Willie Peralta. The 32 year old Willie Peralta. Hello. Sit up time. <laughs> I told you we're not doing it anymore. That, that was a reminder for my wife to take the babysitter's shoes that she left at our house. Um, Willie Peralta is somebody who people should have their eye on, I think. This seems like a big fool me once situation. Yeah, but that's why it's under the radar. I mean, I could talk more. Like we could talk about, you know. No, you like, no please go. Continue. We, we, t- we talk about Walker Bueller or some guy. Um, just in his last few starts since he's gotten into the rotation, three starts at Cleveland. Five innings, three hits, no earned runs, five strikeouts. Then at Texas, seven innings, three hits, six strikeouts, no walks. Then at Minnesota this past week, and I was like, all right, let's see. I was actually in the Devil's Rejects League where you can pick up anybody. I was watching the game, and I just wanted to see him get through the first two innings before I dropped Hansel Robles for him. Five innings, three hits, one run, two strikeouts. Not many strikeouts, but he's. this is where when I see a guy putting it together, who was a former top 100 prospect for a number of years and now is old enough that emotionally he sort of figured things out a little bit. He's not kind of a, you know, kid anymore. He's more of a man. It's like, now's the time. Like I could see a nice couple of years ahead for Willie Peralta. Look, I also could see him falling off the cliff and, you know, Joe Rossing me, although Joe Ross has been quite excellent, by the way. Um, But that's just a name that for under the radar and they only certainly um, but even in you know deeper leagues, Willie Peralta, W L I W L I L Y Peralta. Everybody knows who he is. I, okay, no, somebody there's somebody who somebody who just heard you say that who said I've never heard of him. So there you go. There's somebody who has not been paying attention <laughs> no, he's, as closely he's as we bane, have since 2012. He's the bane of every fantasy player's existence. I think like at some point, I think someone has believed in Willie Peralta. That's you know, in the last decade and got duped by him. Um, and I don't know if right, they're going to buy, buy it again. I, I, that's why we're talking about him because what I'm suggesting is that I was duped by Willie Peralta. He has not pitched in the major leagues on any sort of consistent basis since 2016, right? Since 2016 was the last time he had over a hundred inning, innings pitched. He's got stuff and he's now got craft. There's something sort of, Oh, I can't think of his name. What's his name? The guy, the pitcher for the Mets and the Indians that everyone loves that hit the home run. He's kind of a chubby guy. What's his name? Sorry. Bartolo Colon. Yes. There's a Bartolo Colon esque vibe. Oh, hold on. DVR. Have you heard of, end of his career? Bartolo Colon? <laughs> yeah. We, we <laughs> had right. a Bartolo Colon fathead hanging on the office uh, wall at Rotowire's uh, HQ a few years ago. It was just his head though. It wasn't, it wasn't a full <laughs> Bartolo Colon. Like here's him throwing a pitch. It was just his face. Yeah. Anyway, Willie Peralta, everybody. Willie Peralta. Just keep your eye out. You know, pick him up. Don't start him necessarily, but get him cheap now. Let us know if you've heard of him before, please. 
Yes. And, and no one's going to write on Twitter. Actually, I'm the guy who'd never heard of him, but there's somebody who there's someone listening out there. I think so. Who started playing in 2019 and has no reason to know who Willie Peralta is. But That's in 2012, true. he was kind of a big deal as a as a prospect, as a 22 year old prospect. And what did he look like, DBR? Do you, do you have any hate or love for Willie Peralta? Uh, I always thought there was one more level there that he could unlock. He was big at a young age, like very large human on the mound. His mechanics were always uh, kind of off balance is how I would describe them. He would fall off the rubber towards first base and, and yank a lot of pitches. He still has that sort of delivery. But the thing that's different about him right now, he's got a split change that he didn't used to throw. He doesn't throw as hard as he used to. Yes, but, but if you split changes everything. It's a totally different pitch for him. It, it opens up a lot of interesting possibilities. So if you think about him as a guy that maybe locates his fastball better than mm -hmm. he used to, he used to be a sinker guy. He used to have a four-seamer and a sinker. Now he's like four-seamer, the changeup, or his two, the changeup's his best pitch. Grades out yes. his best pitch. You got a slider in there too. That changeup is good, guys. It's I mean, a nasty he, pitch. And if it's he's a got nasty the feel pitch. for it, he's going to keep throwing it more because it it's unhittable when he has it working. So that's what I'm see. That's that's what I look for is I when I see a pitcher throw a pitch that's unhittable and has pedigree, like Joe Ross with his 97 mile an hour fastball slash slider that he throws, or Frankie Montas with his 97 mile an hour fastball slash slider, or Willie Peralta with that changeup. Well, ah, one one of those guys dominant. is doing their own thing. That's Frankie Montas, right? Joe Ross and Willie Peralta are just like these two guys keep popping up every year. And everyone's like, they're awesome. And they have like a seven game stretch. And then you look at them at the end of the year, it's like 4.76 ERA, 1.41 whip, 7.2 K per nine. And like, when, when did I, I believe in him for that six game stretch in the middle of the season? I'll never do it again. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. I hear you. And I certainly have had. Uh, that for Joe Ross. Oh, Joe Ross. But Joe Ross, look, even with his two big blowups that have really hurt me in two different leagues, many different leagues, 87 innings, 91 strikeouts, 4.02 ERA, and a 1.20 whip. And that's with r remarkably big blowups that he's had. But if you look at his last, you know, since June, he's been overall really good. A tough, tough start in the Mets. But other than that, he's striking out guys. And that matters in this format, in this league. In fantasy baseball. Hey, I want to. I know you got to go, Ian. Kind of, we got a hard out. But uh, that listener question down at number eleven, I'd like to get to that because without the listeners, what are we? Yeah. By the way, fantasy pods at theathletic.com. Yeah, you subject line under the radar. Send us questions. We'll answer them. Like we're cool like that. George F in Washington will answer your question, man. So good. <laughs> that's fine. You know, like I know, like I know, like you know, I, I guess I could have called you to tell you this, but like it's fun, like pushing your buttons and messing with you on the show. Yes. Um, especially this Ariel Cohen thing. But you are an excellent actor, and I don't think you should be on hiatus. I think you should come Thank back you. from hiatus and do something. I'm gonna write a role for you. I, I'm. It's not that. Uh, I actually, my agent was came over and you know fully vaccinated, came over and stayed at the house. This past weekend, and and we're you know he's like it's time to come back, and I'm like yeah not 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 yet not yet I'm doing doing some other stuff, but so back to this question. Oh, do you? Of, I'm sorry. Do you get shy talking about yourself like this? Nah, it's just uh, people aren't here to talk about. That. I think we should think make like an animated series. I think that'd be fun. We could make yeah. a cartoon. Do you know that C.J. Abrams is out for the season, and that broke my heart. Just hurt my heart. Never heard like, of him. C.J. Abrams is. The, I know. I know. I'm just, all right. <laughs> Okay, good. Because I was like, dude. Well, uh, Vidal Brohan has already been called up. Actually, I think the guy that I would say 
Wait, did, we add, did we ask the question? Yeah. The, did, did we not? Who, <laughs> who from the Futures game do you think might get called up soon? Um, so the guys that I'm going to say, the guy that I picked up in GDD this week uh, for a buck is Shane Baz because he's a beast. Shane Baz. So I would say Shane Baz is one for me. And the other one would be, I want to find like one more here. Here's a, here's a bit of a long shot. Um, but if the Cubs do a teardown, which it looks like they will. And you know, it, I, I was thinking of it from a, a fantasy baseball perspective. Like they came into the season planning to tear the team down. And then the team was doing too well that they couldn't tear the team down, but they were not going to win the world series with this team. There was no, literally almost no chance that they would. So you have to think that the general manager, president, the owner, they're all like, stop winning, like stop winning. And they did. So if they move Rizzo, if they move Bryant, if they move Baez, if they move Contreras, if they move Kimbrell, right? You're going to be some have some really angry Chicago fans, at least for the next couple of years. But Brennan Davis is coming. And you'd think that maybe they bring Brennan Davis up at the end of the season to get a couple of, you know, get like six weeks of baseball to just be something that could get the fans excited. So those would be the two guys, because most of the other guys are far away. Adley Rutschman could come up, but I doubt it. I mean, Baltimore's not going to do that. They don't, they, they're going nowhere, obviously. Are they even called Ryan Bannon up? Yeah, well, they added to Mingo Leba before calling up our guy. So it seems like he's he'd be a really good third baseman in 2014 league. He's not um, having a good. He's not having a good season. I almost picked him up this week in AL Labor. I decided against it. Oh, I nice. got somebody else. Yeah, no, no, no. He's fine. He he's playing. Uh, he's playing a little bit. So Brennan Davis and Shane Baz. DVR. How about you? You got anybody? Uh, the name that really stands out to me is Reed Detmers because the Angels are not completely yeah. buried in the playoff race. They're more likely to be a wild card team than to catch the Astros, but they need pitching. Detmers was considered, I think, the most major league ready pitcher in yes. last year's draft class. He's added velocity, so he could be an impact guy. My only reservation with Boz Ian is that he's actually on the Team USA Olympic roster. So that's going to delay that arrival. So is he? Are you sure? I thought that he wasn't going. He's he's on the roster. Oh man, that really screwed. If there's that's... a report that he's not going to go, that's then I would agree with you. I think he's at least going to come up and and work as like a multi inning reliever, but possibly he'll be part of the solution to help bridge the gap without Glass now. I really like. That's why I was thinking as a Glass not replacement. Reed Detmers, I like a lot. And what he's done so far, as you say, his velocity is up. He's got a remarkable change up. I love his his energy on the mound. So if you get if you hear Reed Detmers is getting called up, go get him. Especially, I mean, Dynasty Leagues, he's, he's owned. He's got to be owned. But even in keeper leagues, like if he if Reed Detmers, I wonder if he's available in Maki. Like if he gets called up, I would tr- drop down four or five bucks on him as a keeper. Because he really does have great potential. My only argument is what the frick are the Angels doing not bringing Joe Adele up at this point? What are they waiting for? They actually need him. Well, they got a whole new regime. They got a whole new front office, man. There's, but what are they doing? Well, like, it's, it's an analytics front office now. It's not... Right? Uh, he's Joe Adele, man. Joe Adele is going to be their starting right fielder for a number of years. Like, I don't know what they're waiting for. I really don't. I mean, who... who Juan Lagaris? Seriously? Juan Lagares are going to play every day, and I mean, who else is who else is playing every day in that in, on that outfield? It's just it's silly, and so that's the only reason why when I was going through the list, I was like, eh, maybe not Reed Detmers because they're being so stingy 
being stingy is what they're being. No, they, they're, I think they are going to call Adele up, and here's why. When he was hitting a bunch of home runs earlier this season, he was still striking out too much. If you're striking out 30-plus percent of the time at AAA, you're not going to make contact enough in the big leagues. Like There's just too much of a gap between those two levels right now. If you go back to mid-June and look at what he's done over the last month, he's got a 24.2% K rate over right. the past month. Power's come down a little bit while he's done that, but he's made the adjustment that if, if you're the Angels, you needed to see that before bringing him back up. So he should be back up, and he should play a lot. So you factor in a healthy Trout at some point in the second half, hopefully a healthy Rendon. You add Adele, and you get Justin Upton back out there, and you bring up Reed Detmers, and then maybe you go out and even make a trade or two. Sure, you That can. team could be really dangerous. I think It could be really it's, dangerous. It's an important two weeks for them, though, to, to keep, like, keep the pace and even close the gap down on the wild card because to, to get buy-in from their uh, lovely ownership group, they are going to need to be a little closer than they are. So they're going to have to probably close that gap a little bit without some of those guys in the lineup. And hopefully they push the chips in because they're way too exciting a team to not be trying to win right now. I want to talk about this before we go. There's a guy you may have heard of named Wander Franco. (laughs) And in his, (laughs) I saw him last weekend and there was something that happened that kind of made me raise an eyebrow. I didn't like it. It was two strikes. He was, I think he was batting. he, He was hitting and, it was a pitch. It wasn't low. It was a strike. And he, t- strike three, called. He turns around to the umpire, and he gives him such guff, and then walks back to the dugout and turns his head back at the guy. And I thought, I don't like that. I don't like a rookie two weeks up setting terms with umpires that way. It's not smart. Like, how you are with umpires matters in the major leagues. Because that, that look, you learn this in Little League. The umpire is going to give you the pitch, or they're going to take the pitch away. That's why I always go over to every umpire before the game and I tell them the three rules. Have fun, focus on every pitch, respect yourself, your teammates, the opponent, and the umpire. And the umpire's eyes get really wide and they're like, that's great, sir. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get that pitch in the fifth inning that I need. You turn around and you start giving guff to the umpires a week into your major league career? Nah. I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to say it shows confidence. It's what a veteran would do in that situation. If a veteran doesn't like the call, he's going to let the umpire know about it. It's trying he's to earn calls later. Call, DBR. He was, it was a strike. Was it's it, a matter was it, of opinion. Was it wrong? Was it wrong based on the TV box, though? Like bottom of the zone on the TV box? It wasn't even bottom of the zone. It was, it was not even a part of the ball that was touching the line. Was he arguing a pitch from earlier in the at-bat instead of that the one that was been, close then? Like, I don't know. It looked like he was arguing that pitch. You like that? You think that that's... I don't have a problem with it because it really to me, okay. it, if you feel like you got burned on a call, you should say something about it. You shouldn't just stand there and be like, oh, OK, I'm out and just walk back to the dugout. This is a guy that yeah, okay. never strike. Look, look at his look at his track record. This guy never strikes out. His strike zone judgment is probably as good as any prospect we've seen coming into the league in the last 10 years, at least. Like, I mean, we just don't see guys that have sub 10 percent K rates, 12 percent K rate at AAA. He's drawn walks at plenty of stops like. I see your point, Van Riper. I see your point, Van Riper. Yes. I, I still think I still think that, you know, considering the ball was a strike based on stat cast stats, um, that, that he really did overstep. But no, nah, I respect your opinion, Van Riper. I don't want there to be tears in the game where a rookie can do this and a rookie can't do yeah, that. Okay. I hate that. You're a big leaguer. You're a big leaguer. That's it. I, I just don't think it's I don't think it's smart to establish a relationship with umpires early in your career. That is uh, that that is confrontational. That's all. That that was my opinion. But you know what? I like your opinion too. DVR. Well, actually, Nando, break the tie. What do you think? I'm actually with DVR on this one, man. Yeah, you're be, both should, wrong, clowns. He should be able to yell if he wants to, man. 
Nah. All right. You know, okay. like people get like think about when you were playing like uh, high school basketball and yelled the ref and got a technical. You know, like that you got you got a technical for it. You were playing like a professional. That's just how it is. He didn't get tossed. He didn't hurt his team. Yeah. Nope. He didn't get tossed. Didn't hurt his team. This is a subtle little thing, but you know what? Cool, cool, cool. I respect it. I respect you guys. I respect you guys. Last point before we got to run the MLB draft. If you did, you guys watch the MLB draft? I did watch the MLB draft. Did you guys watch it? In and out. How do so you have? Do you have like forty-eight hours in a day somehow? No, he no. takes the All pill right. from Limitless. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, man. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's just that when when I'm not, you watch everything. No, I don't watch everything. But MLB draft, home run derby. These these happen at night. Um, and I want to watch it. I, I definitely wanted to watch the MLB draft. I was fascinated as hell. I think the Kumar Rocker number 10 going to the Mets is, you know, he's got to be happy. I mean, that dude's no, got to be. I, happy. I was so sick of him five minutes after it happened because every single person on Twitter was suddenly a Kumar Rocker genius and knew everything well, about him. And they were, oh, Kumar Rocker to the Mets is amazing. It like, is. You've never once mentioned minor league baseball ever in your feed. You, do, you have no idea who Kumar Rocker is. He, I know who Kumar Rocker is. And oh, you Kumar do. Rocker that was, that was going to, to you. but going to New York is 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 something really cool about that. I I I like that. I love Jack Leiter going to the Rangers. I think that's phenomenal. I think Marcelo Mayer going to the Boston Red Sox is a major problem as a Yankee fan. Like that is not something that I wanted to see at all. Henry Davis, number one to the Pittsburgh Pirates. The only explanation for that is that he came in under slot. Um, Jordan Lawler falling to the, the Diamondbacks. Like a lot of the players went to the right spots. That's that's what it felt like to me. It's like there weren't that many surprises, though the Royals taking that picture. It, you know, it's weird. We get into the MLB draft at some other point, but like the whole idea of taking guys so you can pay them less. It's weird. I, I don't I don't I don't love that part of it, but, it, you know, play within the context of the game. That's kind of how it goes. Yeah, if those spots had assigned slots and there was no negotiation and every yeah. team was just taking the absolute best player on the board, I, I think that would be better overall. But it's hard to fault teams for trying to oh, basically get the right. best collection of players, right? If you and save money early, you get more in rounds two and three. I mean, they got Bubba Chandler in the third round. Bubba from Georgia, uh, you know, who's a two-way player, probably going to end up a pitcher. And he was he was a possible top 15 pick, but he was, he was uh, committed to Clemson. And the fact that Bubba, he changed, like they made a deal, 750000 I think, or whatever. And he's going to play baseball for the Pittsburgh Pirates. And so the Pirates really helped themselves, which is good. They 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 got, they got, they really helped themselves this week. Bubba Starling, man. Bubba I Chandler. Thought, I know, but I mean, I haven't thought of Bubba Starling in a while. Like he was so close and then uh, mm-hmm. just fell back to earth. Yeah, that's it. You know, I think that's the one of the takeaways from today's show is thinking about Victor Robles and him being a top five prospect for so long like when they missed on that one we missed on that one like the he he just isn't he he looks like he's not going to be and brennan davis is the next one i i mean brennan davis two home runs in the futures game great guy great kid great 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 future lots of tools if he can put it together the cubs will be really happy i i hope the cubs do a full rebuild i hope they really get paid for these players i hope that they get good players for bryant and for rizzo and for Baez. i think they should move them all and it's the same pretty, thing. Pretty good with that stuff, Cubs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they got a lot for Darvish. I mean, they got a lot of they got a lot of salary relief for Darvish, but they also they got a lot of kids in Low A. Jason Dominguez moving up to Low A. Hello, everybody. Here comes the Martian. You excited? Yeah, kinda. I'm, I'm I'm sort of pleased. Sure, why not? Gives them the possibility of making it to the majors by 21. That's fun. 
And watching him run is pretty. He's really fast. He's really big and really fast. Interesting player. Interesting. We'll see how how it turns out. Did you like the actor who played Benedict Arnold? Or were you happy that they turned him into kind of like a weak? Uh, You know. (laughs) I was joking. I thought you were going to say, yes, you love everybody. No, you don't have to I, answer no. that honestly. No, I have a, I have a, I have an interesting story about that. So the first three seasons, he was my number two, right? Pretty much. I mean, Talmadge is my number two, but right. you know, I, I actually got annoyed because in one scene he calls me George. And I don't know if you caught that, but I look at him like, "Don't call me George." I did. Like, don't, yeah, don't call me George. But he he thinks of himself as very much my uh, Washington's equal on the show or in life. And there's some truth to that. I mean, I've always described him as the Tom Brady because if he doesn't win the Battle of Saratoga, the war's over right there. So Owen and I were very close the first three seasons of the show. And then the first time I saw him in his red uniform, season four, I just couldn't talk to him after that. I just, I just couldn't talk to him. That's really just, sad. I just, yeah. No, and then at the end of the show, we, we, you know, but that season was hard because I was just like, I'm spending every day thinking about you. And seeing you as like, you know, before I go to sleep, instead of thinking about my catchers and my first baseman and labor, <laughs> I'm thinking about you and how I'm going to take you down because that's what the show was about. Right. And uh, and so it's hard. So I would see him in the red coat and I just I just was like, yeah, I'm not talking to you, dude. Wow. And he was and he was like, yeah, screw you. And I was like, fair enough. And then when we wrapped, we we gave each other a big hug and kind of buried the uh, buried the traitorous hatchet. Freaking traitor. That's what he is. He's a freaking traitor. Well, you know, I just, just compelling reasons, you know. No, but he's he's a great guy, and he's got a lovely wife, lovely daughter, and and I've seen him a few times since he lives in L.A., so I haven't seen him as much as I would have if we were on the same coast. But no, he's great. He's a great actor, too, and a good guy. Gotta watch guy. that show, man. Like, I know it's like historical drama, but it's really not. It's like a show. No, it's it's not. It's not, you know, people say, is, is, is it historical fiction? There's one thing that was fictionalized in season one that people got their they're, you know, they got annoyed about, um, which I understand. I kind of get, uh, but no, it's, it's, it's like, we pretty much do it the way it happened. The John Andre, I, I don't I mean, it's, it's history. So it's not a spoiler alert, but the John Andre. Yes. Good stuff. Right. How he left the show was exactly as it happened in real life. Yep. Like, exactly. Like and that meeting. The, yeah. Everything. And that scene that he and I did, was one of my favorite scenes to do just to work with uh, JJ, JJ, uh, JJ, Andre, JJ field, not JJ, Andre, uh, JJ field. He's another really great actor. Oh, very man. smooth. Oh, man. Very good. A lot of emotion in the house that night. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's good stuff. Yeah. DVR. You should watch DVR. Now, come on, now, man. How could you not watch your co-host TV show that he started? Because in? he's busy. He's got lots on his plate. He'll, he'll have time in January. I will have a lot of time in the off season and I will yep. watch it in the off season. And I'll also watch midnight run between now and opening yes! day 2022. On Netflix. All right, I got to go. I really got to go. We got to go. I, I, I would do this all day, but I got to go. All right, we got to get out of here. Uh, for the guy who 100% has his uh, has his little leaguers holding their jerseys tight now for the rest of their careers, Ian Khan. <laughs> that is true, for sure. For the guy who doesn't think our show is good enough for Joe Buck, Derek and Joe Buck could enjoy the show. I just think he's even busier than I am, so there's no way he's listening to our podcast. Thank you all very much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the show. We're back, and we'll see you next week with more Under the Radar. Good talk. Good talk. Bye. Bye.